Hey everyone, Logan here. A quick note before we start. Uh, One of our goals here at the show is to provide you all with interviews featuring a wide range of guests. Uh, Some of them have already become hugely successful, and some of them are only just beginning in the video game industry. Many of them have jobs that aren't even specifically game development. This is because we believe insight, advice, and powerful stories can come from anywhere and from anyone. For example, last week we had the amazing Kate Edwards on the show to talk about being the executive director of the International Game Developers Association. And this week, we have two gentlemen behind the young indie studio, Turtle Juice. It may not seem like it, but both episodes have great value for aspiring professionals in the industry, and even those who are just looking for a good or motivational story. So if you enjoy the show and think you might have a story to share, let us know. You can email me directly at logan at blackshowmedia.com, or we can connect on Twitter, at Logan A. Schultz. Don't worry if you don't think you have accomplished enough. You and your experiences have value, and we here at Indie Insider would love to hear them. And either way, thank you for listening to the show and joining us on this adventure. Welcome to Indie Insider, presented by Blackshell Media. This is the weekly show where we talk with video game developers and professionals about their stories, their advice for others, and their thoughts on the indie video game industry. I'm Logan Schultz, and on today's show, I sit down and talk with Ernani and Bash, two of the gentlemen behind Turtle Juice, an indie game development studio. We talk at length about their new game, Fluffy Horde, and their experience with Steam Greenlight. We also chat about the ups and downs of working with a team that is entirely remote, what it's like when your development partner is more like a husband or wife, and how to cope with a tragedy, such as your programmer passing away in the middle of development. As always, if you have thoughts, questions, or ideas on what we should do next, shoot me an email at logan at blackshowmedia.com. You can also find the most up-to-date news on the Indie Insider Podcast on Twitter by following at Logan A. Schultz. And now, Ernani and Bash from Turtle Juice. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Indie Insider. I'm Logan Schultz, and today I'm talking with two of the gentlemen behind Turtle Juice, an indie development company working on a new game called Fluffy Horde. First up, I have Ernani. Ernani, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How about you, Logan? No, I'm doing all right. Uh, You and I connected uh, because I talked to a gentleman named Lucas a few episodes ago, uh, and you're a Brazilian developer as well. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. Lucas Molina, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, and then my other guest here is Bash. Bash, you're programming for this yep, company, yep. correct? Sure, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, guys, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, before we, you know, get too far away from it, give me the pitch on Fluffy Horde, this game you've been working so hard on. Go for it, Bash. Um, the pitch is never easy because it's very hard to describe. Um, the closest thing <laughs> to it is that it's a an RTS light, where we took most of the elements that make an RTS and build them out in like a one dimension sort of a playing field. So it's much easier to get into, but it's like all the challenges of an RTS are still there, all the resource management and that sort of thing is are still there. Um, so yeah, it's a more like, I would say RTS tower defense ish sort of thing. Okay. RTS, Tower Defense, uh, 2D. I like the art of it. You can check out their website, FluffyHorde.com, and kind of see some of the stuff they're working on. Um, it's it's yeah. it's pretty cool. What would you say is, uh, you know, what makes your game different or unique? What's special about Fluffy Horde? Cool. So I think one of the things that it's, it's very unique, it's because we don't settle 
for the sameness. If something feels way too much like something we saw it before, then we, we go like, oh man, that's just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really add a lot. So like for every mechanic you see in the game, there is probably six dead ones that it fell, you know, generic. So I think that's like the, the first thing that we always try to, you know, break ground. Yeah, I, I think it's that we're like, one of the reasons, like, sorry, the uniqueness of the game come from the, our lack of ability to find, you know, to recognize a bad decision before we try it out. So we end up trying <laughs> lots of things that are just considered bad in, you know, in other games. So what what that ends up in is we like we have some unique mechanics that people just you know they, they don't kind of think of because they're just you know they're usually considered you know bad if you will so yeah like i would say the, the uniqueness mostly comes from how chaotic it is because it's like the enemy you know the, the enemy the you know the bunny which is pretty much the enemy of in the entire game is kind of based on a on a very it's, it's like you know on a creature that makes random decisions and you know it's like it's based on some influences but in general like you, you don't have any direct commands to anything in the game you kind of like tell you know a unit a soldier to go defend over there but you you know you don't have the direct control that every other game tries to give you but you know we made that work yeah and it's gone uh, so this kind of process of experimenting with you know quote unquote bad ideas has this <laughs> made for a long development process has it taken a long time to get this game off the ground we were talking about this earlier and we developed another game that is we, we never released and it was called Thirds of Destiny and we were talking about this mechanic that we did for this game and it, it was like really really fancy but it didn't it didn't work at all it was it, it was like really really bad so we got this smell and for for bad mechanics like we can we can, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like we have these gifts to, to get it right every time. But <laughs> when something goes, you know, it doesn't smell right, we just avoid it. And something that we also do a lot is to, you know, try it on paper first. And, sure. but, but sometimes it's like we just have to do it. We just have to see it in-game, especially when Bash is... In one side of the fence, I'm on the other side. So, like, we have a little vocabulary for that. It's like Titan Wars. We just try it out. <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about what this kind of um, paper process looks like, because that's actually something we haven't talked too much about on this show. Is actually um, paper testing something before you actually put it in your game. What does that look like for oh. Turtle Juice and your team? Um, perfect. So, so basically. And one of us, and actually, it's never really paper. Like, um, Bash usually usually does it like Microsoft in a, Paint. Yeah, <laughs> Microsoft Paint. I I do it on Google Docs, and we show each other. It's like like if it's like a four step, five step on level, we say like so. These units would go to this place, and this mechanic would do X, and then Y would happen, and so on. So we try to pitch to the other person how the level work. And if it's a very, you know, challenging and new mechanic that it seems really outside the box, then we do more than one level. We do two or three 
that that happened to the to the carrot which a major part of the game now like i did four or five levels of it before you went into the game yeah and like this process like the, one of the things that we do the most is like we say give me a like like you know like the one person who comes up with the idea has to give the other person a, like a unique moment you know like something that you can you know a level that you can have a moment that you can have with a mechanic that you just can't have without it for example like you know the carrot is just you know where you attract a bunch of bunnies into falling into a pit or something like that that's that kind of satisfying feeling is what kind of sold the idea of like yes you know let, let's put in the time and actually do this and it's been yes. like a tradition carried on with every mechanic that we add is like you know we have to pitch a moment that's like you know yes specific to that mechanic yeah and, and, and it's also like something you say you reminded me of something else it has to do with the start of this conversation that like we try not to overlap mechanics for example like the carrots he attracts bunnies and we try to you know like that's the units that attract bunnies. And if another unit is attracting bunny, it has to, it has to really be needed in the game. So, so it's very rare the moments we overlap mechanics in the game. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, that's an interesting focus or approach rather to, um, to the design. So tell me a little bit about uh, where Fluffy Horde is at right now. I believe the game just went onto Steam Greenlight recently. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've just been greenlit about like, three days ago, I would say. Four yeah, days. Yeah. We, like, we, we got the greenlit yeah. um, campaign ended. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. That's yeah, a big deal. Uh, it, it is. Yeah, it is. yeah. It, it has a special <laughs> taste to it. it. It almost feels unbelievable. Like It's just been so long, you know, since like... We keep like oh we were you know we keep saying oh we'll do the campaign in two months and then we're like but if we add this first you know the game will become even better and then we do the campaign and then we just kept pushing it and now we actually did yeah. it it just feels unreal yeah yeah and the reason for it it's somewhat unexpected because when Steam came up with this whole you know killing green light. Like we already had a game in place, like the demo was ready, and but we didn't have the trailer. So, so making the trailer, it was something that we weren't really excited about it because you know, like that's not why we are in this business for. We are in in this business to make games. But then the big festival came along, which is the biggest festival in Latin America, and we started doing, you know. And tweaks to the game in order to to send a build to them, but they, they also wanted a a trailer. So like um, the dude who was making the trailer, he bailed on, on us. So I had to take some Ritalin in order to make the trailer <laughs> in, in you know like seventeen hours or so, <laughs> and and people really liked it. I wasn't I wasn't expecting this because I'm not a I don't really edit movies that much. It's like a very biggest noob when it comes to that. But the content of the game was really, you know, eye candy. So people really liked it. And as, like, then I told Bash, I was like, dude, we already have everything in place for the Greenlight campaign. Why not just, you know, put it on Greenlight? And that's what we did after three weeks of hard work on making two weeks on a demo. We started Greenlight without really planning. And once we had a green light on, I was like, dude, 
why don't we share with some YouTubers so we can learn from them and spread the fluffy word around. And luckily enough, um, people are requ requesting that link to it every other day. You know, like there's like this Romanian YouTuber with almost 1 million subscribers and many other big YouTubers that are now, you know, like doing Let's Play of Fluffy Horde. And I have to say, it, it's like, that's uh, one of the happiest moments when I saw, I see those dudes playing and I see the comments of people asking like, I want to see a series of this game. And if I was a little bit more sensitive, I would cry, but I'm not. So, but I'm he just, says that. But I'm he says that. <laughs> I have evidence to the contrary. <laughs> so and yeah, and like just no, yeah, and good. like for some context, this this has been after like um pretty much like a month of uh, crunching, and like it became to the thing yeah. where in the end, like the, the, we were gonna like we're gonna do this thing, we're gonna do this crunch, then wait a month, and then do the green light, and you know wait a month, and then do something else. And we, just, we crunched for so long that we were just like, let's just do everything. And like, uh, it, yeah. it, it, it kind of became a bit crazy. Like, you know, we could have, pro we probably could have waited, you know, a, a while longer before doing the green light, but it's just, we had everything there ready for it. And like, you know, it's the kind of thing where we were like, we could postponed for so long and just doing it and getting it off, off our, like, you know, the, the queue of things to do. Sure. It was pretty good. Yeah, just do it. Just get it out of the way. Well, congratulations on getting greenlit. So now that the game has been greenlit on Steam, what are the next steps? What happens now for Turtle Juice and Fluffy Horde? Oh, um, well, I mean, for, for now we're, we still have like we're planning to have like uh, three worlds, which for some context means three times more stuff than we do in the like you know in the game right now. So uh, we can like so we're planning to release. Uh, well, I mean. The timeline that we're expecting is released in around uh, like August, September. Okay. And for that, we want to keep like, we built kind of the foundation of the game. Like we built all the menus, all the, we have like uh, one third of the game done. And now it's about adding even more, like more content into the game where, it, you know, like building the kind of the base of the game when you have like the minimum viable product, it's kind of like one of the harder bits, you know, like building a viable yeah. game. N now it's more just about adding content. So, you know, adding more mechanics, adding more levels, adding more challenges and polishing around. So what comes in the next few months is probably just that. So we're planning on, you know, we have like five mechanics on the queue right now that we're gonna test with some testers. And from there, you know, like we'll enter a couple more competitions before we start going into the polish phase where we just go back and repolish the game into a proper build. And if anyone has anything to add to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, first of all, something that I completely forgot I just want to uh, thank the Discord community that is really helping us on making Fluffy Horde with the whole, you know, mechanic testing, playing the game, finding bugs, and and the, the this game owes a, owes a, owes a lot to, to the every one of you. So thank you guys. And the the other thing it's that. Like as Bash said, the hardest part it is the you know like making it the core of the game. It's already there. The foundation is there. Now it's a matter of adding content. But there is always this idea on the back of our minds, and sometimes from outsiders too, where people want you know like another another modes and like level editor and like 
that like this whole bunch of things and, and we are studying it's so do not get your hopes high this is in this is only in a very very subtle you know stage we are still only talking there there isn't a line of code uh, about this but we are trying to make it multiplayer so if you know if we make it and if it works i think it's going to i think it's going to add tons of replayability and to fluffy hard and more value to it because it's it's very natural to rts games have a multiplayer mode on but when it comes to physics and multiplayer it becomes tricky but just like an hour ago we are talking on how to you know dodge these bullets and bash came with this great idea it seems it's gonna work but this is far far in the horizon and so but that's the the bits that i'm the most excited about right now so yeah that's the plans well that's exciting stuff it sounds like you guys have you know plenty of things that you're working on for the future with this game that you still have a lot of things left to uh you know put in this and continue to put of yourselves into this so it, it sounds great um yeah like i think up to like you know a month ago like uh, so after this the you know when we saw the green light and we started doing the things it, we, we were like, oh, we were always happy with this. Like, you know, we abandoned the, the old game to work on this because it just seemed like a fun thing to work on more than anything. And, but up to a month ago, like we were kind of, it felt like we were, you know, standing on eggs. And for the first time right now, it feels like we're, we have like a solid game after doing the proper build, doing the proper map and having like, you know, a good demo of the game working and just, just watching people play it. Like, you know, you, you never believe that your game is good because you know, you always have that voice at the back of your mind where, like, it's telling you, you know, oh, no, this is not good, you, you know, like, you see the mistakes that you made, and, like, there are things that you just can't unsee. But when you give it to other people, like, you know, I, I just think it's great when you give the game and see other people play it, because so many of the things that you may worry about sometimes are just meaningless, and people just genuinely love the game, and that gives you the motivation to move on. And I think, like, for the first time when that we give it, you know, we gave our game to YouTubers, that's what it gave us. It gave us that reinforcement of, like, Yes, you know, we're not. You're putting it like it's not. It's not a waste of time. You're doing a good thing, and I think. Totally. Yeah, and I think this is for the f first, you know, time we're properly just happy with how everything is going. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's it, it's a uh, it's a double-edged sword. When, for example, like I, I do advertisement. That's that's like my my major. So when I'm doing work for a client. A logo, for example, I'm not attached to it. If it's amazing, then I'm happy. If it's so-so, I'm. It's you know, it doesn't hurt me this much. But with the game, it, it, it's you put so much into it that there. That's why I think there is so many cases uh, of you know, like depression and sometimes even suicide because it, it, it's it's a crazy 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 ride and I, I, like i had a bunch of you know jobs before but this one is the is the most emotionally demanding one and and now that we are on the you know on the top of the roller coaster and, and actually not on top but but like on a stable path i think that the worst parts it's you know it's behind us because we had to deal with a lot 
so, some stuff that I can I cannot share here. But even one of our programmers died, and, and oh wow, yeah, yeah, like people leaving the team, death, and you know, like another a bunch of other stuff. Like we got funded by by the government, the Brazilian government, but then. And we found out that they, now they are getting 27% of the funding, you know, like ups and downs. But, but, but now, just as Bash said, uh, and we are on, on a stable path. And, and this little demon voice that comes to, to our head is not as strong because we got all these positive reinforcements from YouTubers and from the comments in it. So, yeah. And, and on top of all. I think like, and I think what made this happen, like, it's because me and Bash, we have like this great chemistry, even when we argue and sometimes we have like this little Titan Wars, we do it for the best of the game. It's never for, you know, like, I want my idea to make into the game. It's, it's never like that. Yeah, and so, we're able yeah. to recognize when it gets like that. Uh, and yeah, like everybody's saying, this is yeah. a very, this is a very like unique stability, like high that, that doesn't come, uh, you know, like yeah, that's unique when you get the green light and when you, for the first time when you show the people your game, uh, it's not, you know, this is like it's it feels like the calm before the storm or like you know this is this is feeling too good, you know, it's too stable. I'm too happy right now. <laughs> Anyways, don't die on me, Bash. Not planning on it. Well, guys, um, here's something that I'm curious about. You talk about how you, you know, you kind of keep things fairly professional. You recognize, you know, when you guys are arguing about something and how to make that work uh, and keep, you know, moving forward. But my understanding is that you work with a lot of people remotely, correct? You're not all mm -hmm. in one space. We've never met. <laughs> we ne like, we never met. We are in six, and the only person that has met the other one it's Bash and uh, and our mm. our voice actor yeah. Will, but they barely met. You know, like they they don't work in the same place. They, uh, I don't think it. The the time they saw each other, I don't I don't think it's some twenty four hours. Does it, Bash? Yeah, I mean, like we've seen each other around, in, like in the library in my university, but like yeah, like we don't see each other that you know, that common, like it's not that common that we encounter each other. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. so how do you make that work? What are the pros and cons? What are your tips for, you know, working in a virtual office, working remotely with a team? Um. So, so, so cool. there, there are lots of like you know things to get into. Like one, one of the things that I'll mention is that the sometimes it feels like you know like when you're working with someone like in the same room, you kind of know that you you kind of know what they're up to. So you kind of feel like, you know, you push yourself and they push you. But when you're working remotely, one of the things that we, you know, one of the problems that we had in the past is that you didn't really know what everyone else was doing. So you didn't know how much work you should put into it. Like, you know, you can, you kind of feel like, oh, you know, I'll work like four hours today. But if you don't know what, if that other people are working on it, you just don't feel, if there isn't that visibility, you, you don't feel that push, that pressure to keep, you know, to, to keep working all day. And... You know, uh, after that, we started just, you know, communicating all, you know, just communicating what everyone is doing all the time. And that helped a lot in just, you know, like, and, you know, I know that Ernani is, you know, like communicating with YouTubers, he's planning, you know, planning this mechanics. I know that Talis, by the way, shout out to Talis, our artist, amazing guy. Like, you've seen his art. <laughs> like, and love you, Talis. Yeah. 
so yeah, and like you know, we we know what he's doing, like you know what what kind of stuff he's working on, and just that visibility and knowing that everyone is also working on the game, it even though it's remotely, like we we kind of, you know, it, it feels like we're more connected. It just keeps us, you know, it pushes us forward, because you know everyone else is working. Um, sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Have you found some things that have worked for you guys in terms of um, kind of keeping communication efficient or keeping communication clear? Uh, has anything worked for you? I think it, like we are at a point that uh, just in order to answer that, like there, there is a, a little bit of structure that we have to, you know, to, to say. So me and Bash, we are in contact every day as mm -hmm. soon as i wake up i open facebook and i say morning, morning bash, bash. <laughs> yeah that's, that, that that that's my that has been my life for the past almost two years so and, and when these type of things become so ingrained into you there is no you know there is no way out there is no there is no messing around because like if I'm going to visit my family in California, I'm talking to Bash. If he's visiting his family in Ukraine, he's talking to me. If, you know, if I break a leg, he knows it. If my wife has a disease on her eyes, he knows it. If I'm taking my cats to the veterinary, he knows it. Like he knows everything that is going on and vice versa. So we are at a point that we don't need to be super, you know, like down with methodologies. It's like, oh man, let's do, let's do Scrum or, or let's do this. Because it's, even though we are apart, we are really, really connected. And I, I, I can understand teams that are outsourcing people and they, they need to do this whole, you know, mastermind on how they will communicate. But because and me and Bash are so close at this point, it, 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 it works fine like this. Absolutely. It kind of sounds, if I can say so, that, that you guys have become pretty good friends through this process. I love you, Bash. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, for sure. Like, I, don't, I, 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 don't, I talk to Hernani more than I talk to my mother. So, you know, that's probably... Oh, you know, I don't know, I don't know how, how, what that says about anything, but... Like we, we do we do talk a ton, and I think one of the most important things, like one of the things that you know, like in our worst moments uh, th throughout this development, um, like the thing that kept us afloat is being like super transparent with each other. Like you know, yeah. Uh, sometimes we have these talking words, and I just don't want to talk to Ernani for like a couple of days. But I, I mean, I do, but I just grumble about it, and then we end up having like this happens like once or every two months or something, where we're like you know. Like no disclosure. Let's talk. You know. Yes. Uh, you know. I, I I think you're being defensive about. You know. Like you, you. Like you know. You have this idea that's been stuck in your head, and it happens to everyone. Like you know. There's no shame in it. You know. Everybody like has this idea in their head, and they elevate it, and then they end up being super defensive about it. But you know, like we just have these parent moments where, like you know, no, you know, like don't hold no grudges. grudges hold but this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No holding grudges moments where we put everything on the table. And just like a husband and wife, or husband and <laughs> husband, and we we just go at it. It's like, dude, I didn't like X, and then Bash goes, I didn't like Y, and then it it, it feels a at least for me, it feels like a weight out of our shoulders. And I think that's one of the reason 
why team implodes because uh, uh, you cannot you, you cannot really control ego but one thing that you can control is communication and and having this you know crystal clear communication helps a lot yeah i think the lack of passive i mean passive aggressiveness does happen but as long as you let go of like once in a month where you just put everything on the table like you're was saying it works out because I think that that's been the biggest problem for me working with anyone else is just it gets too passive aggressive where people just they get they're bothered by something you do but they just never tell you what it is and you never want to ask for it because it sounds weird so just the ability of just you know constantly knowing that you have the option to just address something yeah that's always good yes. it's like couples therapy I'm hearing here this is great this good yeah yeah totally <laughs> pretty much totally. pretty much well I'm glad that you found something that works for you uh, one thing that I want to ask you about is your green your green light steam campaign um, when you first went on green light you sent out a lot of messages a lot of activity on twitter um trying to get you know some traction some votes some attention uh did that work pretty well for you it seems like you guys really hustled on that uh, what was that experience like yeah so, cool so, so so it was i mean because we did it on the spot it, like we did a, a little bit uh it, it, it had like this lack of planning and uh, so but, but it, it, like this is a thing that i, I was talking to to bash uh in the in, last week we we read this article about this dude who was really struggling with his green light campaign like he, he was i think almost 60 days and he, he was like only 20% till he reaches the top top 100. And he, he was like really mad at, at Steam because, you know, like they were... the Actually, the title of the, the, the thing was uh, Steam Greenlight went red on us. And, and because his team was doing Steam Direct and he didn't have time to plan and this and that. So, so when I read that, I was a little bit afraid. And a couple weeks later, we, we did our, our campaign. So I, just like him, I had to do everything on the spot, the PR, talking to, you know, to friends over Twitter, and so on. And it happened that we, we got greenlit uh, very quickly. I think it was 11 days, 10 days, I'm not sure. But it was like very, very fast. And, and, and the reason behind that... I think it has to do with the marketing efforts in order to make it work. But um, beyond that, it had to do with the product. And I, I don't want to dismiss the dude's game, uh, even though I don't, I don't really like the visuals of it, but that's just personal. But I, I think if you had a, a, a product that he, you know, like he plays with players' imagination, then like it's easier for you to 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 get greenlit quicker so so and i think that's what we have we had a dude dressed in a carrot get eaten by bunnies so so i think this you know this has a a is a strong weapon when it comes to to clicks and yeah yeah it, it's maybe from outside it seems like a, a hustle but but it, it actually everything fell into place really quickly like after three days 
uh, I was getting so many emails from YouTubers asking for the game key that I, I, I couldn't really, you know, hand them them all. So, so, so yeah, like, and it's, it's, a, I would say 20% marketing, but sure. 80% the game. Yeah, and like I'd also say that you know lots of people or like you know if I if I was to talk about myself like if I you know Ernani is so you know is so good at the stuff you know just being confident about the game and like giving it to people like I mean till about like a month ago I just wouldn't dare show other people my game because you know oh I, I notice all these bad things in it and I just don't want to show people but having you know I think some of the mistake that a lot of my friends do you know like you know people that I know who do realize do is that that they're just they they're too worried about tiny things in their game that they just don't want to you know they end up oh I'm not gonna send it to all the YouTubers because they're probably not gonna play it, but you know ha having the confidence in your in your game and just you know this is like when you're put on the spot like when you go in green light everything's on the line, you know like just do whatever you can just send it to everyone if they don't respond you know oh well that's fine it's like you know it doesn't cost you anything to try just you should always try and like that's what Irani is being best at is just you know always trying to give it to the youtubers always trying to you know to like s send it to people and i forgot where i was going with that point <laughs> no <But> no no <laughs> i think you reached yeah. it it was good um well yeah i i mean clearly you guys have something that is working for you which is great so here's my natural next question is what is the reception to the game what have people been saying what are the youtubers saying what are people you know who are playing it on green i mean what do people think of fluffy horde People love it. Yeah. <laughs> People love it. It, it, it. The the like, I I have to. All right. Long story short. So there was there is this interview with Marlon Brand Brandon, like with Jerry King, if I, if I'm not mistaken. Anyhow, so so, so he, he said that you are not supposed to become a fame junkie. But unfortunately, after this green light thing, that's the only thing, I mean, this YouTuber thing, that's the thing I do the most. I wake up, I say morning bash, and then I go on YouTuber and, and to read those comments. And it's really unhealthy. But, <laughs> but because of that, I can, like, I can see the ratio of it. And it's, like, it's always like, please make a series out of this game. I love this game. Where can I get this game? Is it out yet? And just the 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 voice of the of YouTubers players, you know, you know, sometimes YouTuber they will go a little bit over the top to make the channel exciting, but you can see the honest of excitement when they play it, and, and that's what we are, we are really searching for. The moments when you beat a level and you go like yes, you know, just almost like scoring a goal. And, and and yeah, that, just the fact that people are reaching out for us, the game is not even out yet, and they are asking us to to play. It's it's a very very, you know, indicator of that you know people are really liking it. Yeah, and like we we, we genuinely like you know when we sent these builds out, I was like, ah, oh, you know, like maybe if some of them will like it, I pretend to like it for the YouTube channel because there are so many things that I see that are wrong with it. Like I, I just can't you know it, it just there are so many things you know like oh the soldier is moving the wrong thing oh there's a tiny bug over there where the bird hit a bunny and it floated him away and like they're so tiny that none of the youtubers notice them <laughs> but like 
they they prevented me from uh, sending it out to people and now that we actually got people to play the game we have so many like we have like a giant list of improvements to do yes. to the game to make it much better and like just seeing people play the game for the first time you know just like because like you know we we've played the game like i easily have about 2000 hours in the game and like <laughs> sure, uh, you know I, 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 I don't know what's easy and what's hard and like does this actually make sense to anyone you know like oh for me like oh it's obvious that uh, you know if you uh, t- t- you know a character would attract the bunnies that uh, the cow is scared of like bunnies and if you put a soldier next i can't really think of a complicated example off the top of my head but like some things just you know like that's what the discord community is so cool for is that we just you know we just send something to people who haven't played the game too much and we're like does this make sense and they they ground us and you know uh, yeah and i feel like that's one of the best things about the youtubers it's just they grounded us they showed us what the game really is to actual players not just people who played it too much and and this one more thing on this subject actually too so, so the first one is even though that people are really liking it, it's really clear now the flaws of it, especially when it comes to level design and some of the metals, the side quests. And it's, you know, like I'm also thankful for all those YouTubers to like probably they're doing it without knowing, but they're showing to us like when they're a little bit more silent on it or when there's a you know a little bit of waiting instead of combat going on and it that's changes that we are already written down and then we are already gonna make the game better and and the th- second thing it's one that goes back to the previous questions of my relationship with bash i think that by now you can notice that i am the more you know like emotional and positive one and <laughs> bash is the code programmer who is always, you know, calculating risks, and, and, and I think that's a that's a a great mix because if it was too of me, would be like really reckless, you know, like being, you know, super confident and, and you know, delivering stuff that maybe is not as good. But if there was two bashes, maybe this game would take longer to go oh, to the eyes of the public. We'll be too pessimistic after a month, and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like you have a good balance uh, between the two of you. And congratulations on the game. It seems like it's going to go very well. Um, and all of our listeners can look forward to a release hopefully sometime this fall, right? Oh, oh, yeah, somewhere around August, September is the expected timeline. But we, like, we, we're not, we're not very good at predicting timelines, either earlier or further. Like, yeah. That's all right. That's okay. Well, hey, I have a couple of quick questions for you um, before we get to the end of the show. Um, and things I want to ask you about your company. So here's my big number one question, the real reason why you're here on the show. I need to know how you came up with the name Turtle Juice for your company. I got to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I mean, in, in reality, we just like sat down and so kept throwing names. At, like it was me, Ernani, and Sarah at the time. So Sarah was like uh, the, the, like the artist that used to draw for us before. And we just kept throwing names out there and, like, nothing would stick. But then, yeah. like, Sarah threw out the name Turtle Juice, which Ernani and, like, they both liked. But, you know, it was, like, a normal name. But then the, the only, like, the only reason why that name really stuck to us is because at the time we were doing a game, you know, like, uh, called Turtles of Destiny. And we would, you know, in the chat, we would always call each other Turtles. 
So turtle juice was like, you know, us being mixed up. <laughs> like, I, you know, like uh, it's all of our stuff mixed up together. But like there isn't, a, you know, that you cool of a, you know, historical reason. I don't know, Ronnie, was there like a cool... It, 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 there is a it. curiosity around that. So, so, so it took three months <laughs> for some. It took three months yeah. and, and some long hours of meetings in order to decide a name. And and the the other curiosity around it, it was the the other name that was like the, this one or the other one. If I'm not mistaken, it it was Diamond Forest or Tiny Forest. I think it was Tiny Forest. Uh, tiny forests and cats on rails. Yeah, I remember cats on rails. Yeah, or cats on rails. So, so, <laughs> and the third one is that some people, uh, they go, you know, they think the turtle juice is something inappropriate. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, mm, the turtle juice, huh? I was like, dude, I don't, know, I don't really know what you're talking about. I mean, turtles lay eggs. Yeah. Oh, never mind. That's juice. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Um. So yeah, there isn't a very cool reason uh, behind it. Just uh, you know, you need to pick a name. And that's we right. That's all right. That's I don't know. But I like how, how it sounds. <laughs> it's funny. It's unique. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> all right. Cool. Yeah. Well, guys. Um. Before we get to the advice portion of the show, I do want to ask you a quick question. Uh, on a broader scope. So, uh, Bash and Ernani, what do you think about being indie devs? You said you had made a game before that never got released, so this is your first, you know, big real one, um, at least together. What do you what do you think about being indie devs? What do you what are your experience with uh, the indie industry, and you know, what are some of the major takeaways you've noticed through your experience with this? All right, so cool. Let me go first this time. And it's hard. It it is it's it's really, really hard. And not not only on the emotional side, as I said before, but because of the different disciplines that you have to to put together, you know. And for example, if I'm I'm doing a website, you know, there's like only the arts and the programming, and that's it. If I'm doing a you know like a perfume it's it's like you know a home perfume it's only me if i'm doing cheese it's it's only me again but but making a game you know it everything has to sync and there's a lot of things involved and a lot of lots of persons involved a lot of people involved so so that the art has to fit with the music, that has to fit with the voice, that has to fit with the feel, that has to fit with the code. And when you, you, you demand so many planets to align, it, it not only takes a long time, but sometimes they don't align the first time. And in order for them to align the second time, it's probably you went down a month or maybe two, and and it becomes this thing where you have to juggle between all those areas and then emotion and people, which makes makes it 
you know, the hardest thing I ever done, and, and I have done some hard things. Dude, I have 20 plus cats. <laughs> And that's a piece of cake compared to that, making games. That, that is not a joke, just to be clear. It's no coincidence yeah. wow, our games sure. are felines and like killing them. It's just <laughs> dark dreams of our nanny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like another thing with this whole like people thing is that because like, you know, this kind of game, it's it's kind of built on our will just because we don't, we don't actually have any, like we're, we're, we don't have any budget going into this. Like we came into this with zero budget just you know, you know, like you know, like when we met with the running, like you know, let's do this because we want to. And when you just do things because you want to, you kind of like you kind of have this idea of what this thing is. And the moment like my vision of the game stops aligning with Ernani's vision of the game, like we kind of have like a personality split, and it's just it's so hard. Like when you you know, like this is not a proper job. You're not you're not doing this for someone else, so you can you know get by the day. Like, uh, you, you know, we're doing this because we kind of just want to, and that's all, like, we have to hang on to. And it's just, it's very hard. Like, you know, when you have a job, you hate it, but, you know, you, you're getting paid at the end of the day. But when you have this, like, you have nothing but your will to go on. And like Irani said, it's, it's, like, just crazy hard. Like, this is, like, one of the, like I said before, this is, like, in our higher highs. We've had some pretty bad lows where just things, like... There were like two, three times in the development of the game where everything just looked like it was going to shit, and like we were just, you know, just waiting for the for for for, for the you know for us to stop working on the game. Yes. But we didn't. Like you know, the, the, I think the most like it's very important to just know that things will, you know, th th like everything will be better. You know, like yes. uh, don't give up on every low, even if things look hopeless. Just keep working on it, and like and if you if you really love it, and things just do it. looked hopeless for us. At least three, uh, yeah, this bash say yeah, three times. I, I, I think it would be cool to share with your audience like how low it was. So, so the first time, the first time it was on JJ's death. So, so it, 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 it got us by surprise. He was good one day, then he got a fever, then he, two weeks later he died. JJ was the programmer with, uh, you know, alongside with Bash. He was the one, he was my first, he was the first, um, the second Turtle Juice team member. I mean, I don't know. At the time, Turtle Juice. Yeah, anyhow, so he died. We were like really, really low. And that's why one of the reasons why we left, we stopped making Turtles of Destiny was because of his death. And and we we moved on to you know to to Fluffy Horde, and as uh, that was the first one. The second one was when when Sarah left the, the former artist. You know, like we were really you know like man, is she leaving because she doesn't believe in a game? And, and at least I don't know if it was for Bash, but for me it was a big deal because I, I I'm still friends with her but that was like a huge blow for me all there. yeah uh, i think to note about that is that like because we moved on from that game and i'd like to start working on this one we didn't really decide on what we wanted out of this like yeah you know, sarah which if completely fair like no one is holding a grudge against her she she wanted to make this like you know a quick online game so she can move on because she has a kickstarter on the side yes. and uh 
and like she had to move on from it and just this again this, this clash of visions of like she wanting to finish this pretty quick you know so like she wants to get this off of her plate so she can do the thing that she actually wants to do and you know and we really wanted to continue with the game and make it you know into actually a fully fledged steam release because we really had high hopes for the game yes but but the moment that happened that just completely shattered everything we're like you know for the first time in like a year of like working together like this is not going to happen anymore and like it became so like we were in a place that's so unfamiliar that we just didn't see a way out like you know like it got to a point where i was like you know you know like it was kind of like an ultimatum where like this is not gonna work if we decide to pause the game for six months and then come back to it like i i can't really remember the details but just point being things looked like i i i you know i slept that night knowing that this game was gonna end like i just had no hopes at yeah. all but we yeah. persevered we thought we you know we talked through it we were completely honest with each other and we found a way that the game can keep going without you know without like without trouble and we just decided that you know let, let's just move on and you know like let's not just let it die because of this let's at least just give it a chance yes. and we did and it we did working out and which leads me to the third and final down we we picked it up uh it was only me and bash by the time and as we were making it and we made it we put some levels in there and if if it felt good and and I, I was on this crazy you know procedural game hype where i was playing bind of isaac spelunky risk of rain and many others and i was like bash you know what we should make fluffy horde a you know a procedural game procedure gener generated game and and you know we went on with this ride but after three months of hard development, our game had wasn't fun. It was really, really crazy, and, and it, it didn't fit. So I, I went on to talk with a, a close friend of mine who is a game designer, and he, he, I was like, "Dude, it's not working. We are trying to make this game a you know procedural, and it's not working at all." So, so, so he said something that was like very basic, but I was blinded by you know by enough isaac and he was like dude your game it has some some puzzle feeling to it and it needs to be tailor-made level by level so at a point that is not tailor-made and it, it breaks i if you can show me one game i only want one game that has this procedure factor in it and at the same time is on the puzzle genre, then you are good to go, but you're not gonna be able to find it. And and I went on to look for it because I was a little bit stubborn. And yes, sure enough, I wasn't able to find it. So uh, we talked and I was like, Bash, we have to go back to a previous build from three months ago. And, and that's what we did. Like yeah. we went back and, and things are like working again. And yeah, that, that, that was one huge mistake that, like, that one was the worst one for me. And because, I, like, I, I didn't see this game going anywhere after, after that. So now we are very aware of those changes. 
uh, th- th- that's going back to the thing where we're, we're, our inability to like find bad ideas before we try them. And I yeah. think to note about that is that like we were really like we were both really into games like you know Risk of Rain and those kind of thing, and we ended up wanting you know wanting to turn this game into something like that game because we know that game is good. So it was a safe bet that if we make our game like that game, it'll be good. Yeah. But then in the end, what you know, what, what the takeaway from Felipe's stuff was like find why your game is good. And, yes, you know, exactly. hold on to that rope and pull on that rope and just, yes. you know, don't try to make it something it isn't because our game just didn't fit that genre. We tried, re- like, like Irene said, it took us like three months. Our game was like completely different. You would control like one unit, a soldier, <laughs> and it, 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 we just couldn't make it fit because, you know, the fun bits about that game weren't that. Yeah. And the game yeah. talks. I probably, you probably heard that. The, the game, it's a living thing and it talks like in the famous. In the game, the movie, I think Jonathan Blow says that, so something along those lines. But the game talks to you, and he he goes like, "Dude, I am like this, not like that." So so you know, like if you try to stick the the wrong the wrong piece into the puzzle, you will not fit. So, so and and that's like a major lesson for us, major major major. Well, we usually end every episode of Indie Insider Podcast with some advice, but I think that you guys just dumped a lot of advice in <laughs> that. Um, but that was great. I mean, a lot of great things that you were talking about there, um, about how you know your game has a voice and putting the puzzle together and you know making mistakes and staying flexible and persevering. I mean, there's there's some great stuff in there. So, guys, thank you both so much for sharing your story and your insight, your, your story of Fluffy Horde and... Um, you know, your, your personal struggle and, and what's coming next. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing that with us. Yep. Thank, Thank you, you so us. much for, for having us. And one last thing that I, that is not in the media a, a lot is that we are releasing, because of the nature of the game, that's very, very rare, but we are releasing to, you know, on every single platform that out there, like Switch, PS4, Xbox One, on cell phones, both Android and Apple, and of course, the first one it's gonna be Steam. So it doesn't really matter your except probably a Windows phone, but <laughs> you probably can in Unity after all. But yeah, yeah that's like later after the initial yeah. desktop release. Yeah, yeah. But but if you are worrying about not being able to play, you know, Fluffy Heart because you do not have an whatever don't don't be it's just gonna be a little later down the road that's all right so we'll all keep an eye out for it guys if people want to follow the game or figure out when they're when it's being released in different places or they just want to follow you guys or your work how do they find you all out on those interwebs perfect so you can go on our website fluffyheart.com and and from there you can find our twitter handle facebook handle and and some of us has our personal, you know, accounts like my personal Facebook account is there if you want to come by and talk. And we are pretty active on on Twitter. So if you go on Twitter slash play turtle juice, you're gonna be able to find us. And we are very, very open to, you know, like new devs, fans, and people who want to be part of the Discord community. We, you know, we love to make new friends. Yeah, and if you search for Fluffy Horde and Google tells you that, did you mean Fluffy Horse? Say that. <laughs> Don't trust it. It's all lies. 
Ernani and Batch of the indie game development studio Turtle Juice. Thank you for joining us this week. Again, if you have thoughts, questions, or ideas you'd like to share, you can email me at logan at blackshellmedia.com or reach out on Twitter at Logan A. Schultz. That's L-O-G-A-N-A-S-C-H-U-L-T-Z. This podcast is presented by Blackshell Media, a publishing and marketing firm dedicated to helping independent video game developers reach massive audiences, publish financially successful titles, and turn game development into a career. It's the company's mission to help game developers get more of what they want out of a rewarding opportunity in the game industry, more fans, and sustainable revenue to keep them moving forward. Blackshell Media also has an educational branch to their company, where they offer free articles and resources for aspiring and growing developers, which is why we get to bring this show to you every single week. You can find Blackshell Media on the web at blackshellmedia.com and on Twitter at blackshellmedia. This show is on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast services across the web, as well as the Black Show Media blog. If you enjoy what we're doing here and want us to keep doing it, or if you have things you'd like us to change, please go to your favorite podcast provider and leave us a review so that we can keep sharing these episodes each week with you. Special thanks this week goes out to Raghav Mather, Daniel Doan, and Raquel Hayner, as well as Benjamin Tiso over at bensound.com for the use of his song, Going Higher. I'm Logan Schultz, and you've been listening to Indie Insider. We'll see you next week.